Our reading for this evening comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, the first 20 verses. Together, let us listen for the word of God. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All the world should be registered. All the world. It is so grand in scale, so ambitious, Emperor Augustus calls for the whole world to be registered. Now, while he does not really have a claim on the entire world, his power does extend fairly far and wide when Jesus is born. It is the emperor and the empire who hold the power, the influence, and all the cards, it seems. The emperor carries the title of Lord and even Son of God. And he is quick to remind the world that he can 
snap his fingers and demand that everyone do as he says. The census of what the story speaks requires a tremendous shuffling of people. And so we read of hosts of crowds going here and there, all because the emperor wants an accurate accounting of the population so that he can make sure he is getting his due. Now, the census is not necessarily a surprise, but it is a power move, a vivid demonstration of the empire's influence over the lives of each and every individual within the bounds of every region that Rome claims as its own. It is a big production impacting even the most insignificant of bit characters, including a carpenter from Nazareth and his very pregnant bride. A big production seems so foreign this year, doesn't it? We're not gathered in this space together in the same way tonight as we have been in years past. Most of us are tucked away right now, celebrating in a more modest fashion this year. We're gathering with loved ones over Zoom or by phone, trying our best to keep everyone as safe as possible. Some of us are sad. Some are confused or frustrated or exhausted or even angry. Others are grateful to have made it this far, and still others are hopeful at the prospect of safely hugging, gathering, and singing again as vaccines become more widely available in the coming months. Maybe you are feeling all of these things all at once. Maybe your different emotions come and go. Maybe you're not sure what exactly you think or feel right now. But I think we can all agree that this Christmas is different from any we remember. It is smaller and quieter. But friends, it is still Christmas. The season when we celebrate the birth of the Christ child, much has changed this year, but the reason for this season has not. We read this text from Luke every year. It is beautiful and familiar, and it is rich with details of that first Christmas night. Now, I realize that my reading is significantly shaped by our current context this year. But in this moment, I am struck by just how small, how quiet and tucked away that first Christmas is, too. The weary couple does, as they are told, they make their way to this outpost just before the young woman is due to give birth. The town is teeming with people, but hospitality is a mainstay in Jesus' day, so the weary travelers can be assured that they will find a place to stay, even if it means they are squeezed in among livestock as they take shelter in the only space available. The birth of the Savior of the world is a tucked-away event, under the radar of the emperor's grand plans, far from the halls of earthly power, seemingly inconsequential in the eyes of the larger world. It is a largely unnoticed, quiet event. The birth of one tiny child in the home of unnamed residents of a little town to a young woman of no consequence. 
Even after the angels appear to shepherds, no one seems to take much notice of the child. The shepherds are the only human ones to hear and share the angels' news. News that is yet to make headlines with the rest of the world. Now, with 2,000 years of hindsight, we know how disruptive and world-changing this birth turns out to be. And our celebrations are typically grand and festive and glorious, reflecting the great good news that God comes among us to save us in such an extraordinary way. And yet, this year in particular, I am struck by the reality that it all begins with one tiny child, one fragile, utterly dependent infant wrapped lovingly in bands of everyday cloth like any other baby born that night, asleep in a bed of hay in the shadow of an empire that is closing in on every side. One of my favorite Christmas songs is one called There's Still My Joy, sung by the Indigo Girls. It is not a rollicking, holly jolly kind of song. It is more reflective, quieter in a way, which seems particularly fitting this year. The chorus declares, one tiny child can change the world. One shining light can show the way. Through all my tears for what I've lost, there's still my joy on Christmas Day. My soul was lost, but here I am. So this must be amazing grace. So very much has been lost this year. There are so many reasons to weep. And yet, in the past nine months or so, I, and I'm guessing you, have witnessed the power of small acts of kindness, compassion, and courage, light-bearing, shadow-defeating glimmers that point to a way forward and reflect this life God birthed into the world on that quiet night all those years ago. So on this unusual and quiet Christmas Eve, I give thanks for the one tiny child who has changed the world for good forever, the one tiny light who outshines every shadow, the one tiny child who brings life abundant and grace that amazes even the weariest of hearts. Thanks be to God. Amen.